So we are in a series where we are talking about or answering the question, can God really use me? But when we started this session, part one there, we, we looked at, can God really use me? A, a person who has low self-confidence. We looked at Moses. We looked at Gideon. We looked at people who were beginning to, to feel as though they could not be used because God you know, they, they, they had these, these problems. There's no way that God can use me because of all my problems. Well, today we're going to kind of pick up with another section. Now, I hope that this doesn't qualify you. I hope that you are not one of these. But I want to bring this up because sometimes we think that our sin is so terrible that God cannot use us. And I'm here to let you know that no matter what the sin is that you have done, it does not disqualify you from being able to be used by God. We're going to look at murderers today. We're going to look at people in the Bible here who, who, who were murderers and yet... God still use them. And again, I hope that this doesn't qualify you, but I'm using this specifically to bring out the point or to bring home the point that no matter what you've done, even if you have done something as, as terrible as murdering someone, that you can still be used by God. So we're going to look at three people again today. We're going to look at Moses again. We're going to look at David and we're going to look at Paul. So we're going to look at those three people. We're going to start with Moses. Now, what we find here in Genesis chapter 2, I'm going to read this section here for you so that we make sure we get our facts right. This is in, Mo, uh, in, in Moses. In, in Exodus chapter 2, um, starting in verse 11, it says, One day after Moses had grown up, he went out to where his people, his own people were and watched them at their hard labor. He saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his own people, glancing this way and that and seeing that no one and seeing no one, he killed the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. The next day he went out and saw two Hebrews fighting. He asked the one in the wrong, "What why are you hitting your fellow Hebrew?" The man said, "Who made you master and judge over us? Are you thinking of killing me as you killed the Egyptian?" Then Moses was afraid and thought, What I did must have become known. Now when Pharaoh heard of this, he tried to kill Moses. But Moses fled from Pharaoh and went to live in Midian, where he sat down by the well. And then we find that this is where he meets his would-be wife, uh, uh, and, and, and they begin their relationship together. Moses will eventually come back as the deliverer. But we're focusing today right now here on, can God use me? In this case, a murderer. Someone like, like Moses, who, who, whatever the reason was, whether it was justified or not justified, the fact is, in this moment, we was like, oh, they have found someone. Someone was watching me. Someone saw. I thought I was in the clear. We find that Moses, he was a murderer. He didn't get by with this. He was caught, right? But again, the, the, the focus here, Moses, Moses killed somebody. Did that disqualify him from being used? Obviously not, because when we look at the very next chapter, in chapter 3, after he's kind of been established in media in there for a little bit of time, we find that God is calling him, Moses, Moses, I want to use you. 
Moses, I want, I want you to be the deliverer, the physical deliverer of bringing my people out of Egypt and into the promised land. Was Moses disqualified? Absolutely not. Again, we see here, it is plain as day that even though he did this action, it did not disqualify him. God was still able to use him, and man, did God use him, bringing these people out of Egypt, bringing the, you know, bringing the, the, the plagues uh, on, on to Pharaoh there. It just shows that God was able to use him. God didn't look at this as being a setback. God looked at this as being, hey, I can still use you, Moses. I can still, I can still work with you, Moses. I want, again, to say that because it's very important that you realize that no matter what sin you have done, God can still use you. In fact, if we jump over really quick to, uh, to, to Exodus 20, where we see the Ten Commandments here, we see these, these are the things that were like, oh, God can never use me. I've done this and this and this. I've done these terrible things. But notice... It's about forgiveness. If we confess our sin, the Bible says, if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin. This is in the, in the book of 1 John. If we confess our sins one to another, he, God, is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Does God, is he not able to use us because we have messed up? No, otherwise we would all be unable to be used and look god is using people all over the place right i'm sure that if you ask god if you are sorry if you ask the people hey what's your testimony oh man I, I i used to do this and this and this and god's still using you yeah i know aren't you surprised <laughs> that's what i'd be saying <laughs> all right so look with me really quick at, at the ten commandments here and you probably already know them but the first one don't, don't have any other gods before me you shall not make yourself any image in the form of a God. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Honor your mother and father. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not give false testimony. Do not covet. We see these, these are the, the, the ones we call the major ones, right? And yet, how many of these have we ourselves broken? Well, let me see. I can count. Um... Probably about five or six. And yet, God still uses me. God still uses you. Yeah. Because there's there's nothing that we can do that is going to 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 banish us from God using us. And when we do make these mistakes, I can tell you right now, I have I have not murdered, but I have uh, I have stolen before. I know you're thinking, what? Yes, I did steal once before. Um, I've given false testimony. I have coveted. I have taken the Lord's name in vain before. I have, uh, in, in a way, put idols in front of God there. And yet, all, all God is looking for is, I'm so sorry. God, I'm so sorry. God is looking for someone to use. We see this in Isaiah, where, where Isaiah... Man, I'm a man of unclean lips, and the, the angel brings the coal and it touches his lips there. And he's like, God, here I am. Send me. God is looking for someone to use. And that someone is you. 
Whoever you are and whatever you've done in the past, God is looking for you. He wants to use you. And maybe he already is using you. Ah, see, then you are living proof of the fact that no matter what, God can use you. Now, let's take a look at our next example. I'm going to flip all the way over here to 2 Samuel chapter 11. Now, you probably know this story. This is that story about David and Bathsheba. Uh, at the time when all the kings should be off to war, David decides to stay home. Being a little restless one night, he gets up. He begins to go take a little walk there on the roof. And I, maybe from this roof, he gets a great perspective of everything that's going on in his kingdom. But this night specifically, he gets a great perspective of a lady taking a bath, Bathsheba. And he, he begins to feel that boom, boom in his heart. Oh, man, yeah, I am enjoying what I'm seeing. I'm going to invite her over. So he invites her over. They have a sleepover. It turns out that she becomes pregnant. This might have been something that he was expecting to be, maybe a one, two-time occurrence thing. But now he has found out that she is pregnant. And obviously, since her husband, Uriah, is one of David's mighty men and out there on the battlefield, well, there's no mistake in who the dad is. It's him. He is the one who has done this. And so now he begins to come up with these ideas. How am I going to how am I going to prove to the people that I am not the father? Oh, I know what I'll do. I'll call him back from the battlefield. He'll come home, he'll sleep with his wife, and everything will be fine, and I'll be off the hook. Great plan. And I would have to say, not that I've been in this position, but I would have to say that, you know, I, I see the wisdom in what he's trying to do. This is a great cover-up story, right? Logically, I can look at this and I can say, David, that was, that was pretty good thinking. However, you cannot, oh, you cannot outsmart God. So Uriah does come home and we find that Uriah is a dedicated soldier when the, when the, Permission is given to him to go home and be with your wife. He goes back to the barracks and he sleeps with the soldiers there. He hangs out with the people because with, with, with the crew because this this is how he's trained. He's a man of, of war. He's, he's, he's in the army. So David's like, well, that didn't work out right. Let me try it again. This time he even tries to get him drunk and he still won't go home to sleep with his wife. So David... He's kind of in a pinch now. What am I going to do? What does he do? He sends a note with Uriah as he goes back to the front lines there. And, tell, and then the note says, when everyone else is advancing, push back and leave him up there by himself. Leave Uriah up there by himself. Well, this is what happens. And David, Bathsheba, they all receive news that that Uriah was killed in action. So you look at that, and, and maybe you don't see murder in that, but that's exactly what happened. David, because he did not get his way, because his plan was foiled by God, again, you can't outsmart God, right? He knows everything. We see here that, that David then decides, instead of, instead of confessing, instead of doing the right actions, he has one of his own mighty men killed to hide what he has done 
Everything seems to be fine. She goes through this period of mourning, and then David ends up taking her to be his wife. But look at Second uh, Samuel chapter 12, and we see this is where Nathan comes. And, and, and I love this story, probably because this story in many ways has happened to me in different times in my life where I think that I oh yes I I finally I finally pulled one over on God and then this little finger comes and says you are that man what am I talking about I'm talking about this the prophet Nathan comes and visits David one day and says David I got a story to tell you okay tell me I said David there was this this rich person coming in the town and there are two people in the town. One of them has one sheep, and one of them is loaded. It's got tons of sheep. Well, the one who is loaded with all these sheep, instead of killing one of his own lambs for this feast that they're going to be having, he takes his neighbor's sheep. Now, the neighbor, oh man, the neighbor loved this sheep. He, he slept with it. He cuddled with it. They ate from the same plate. This was his one and only prized possession sheep. And here comes the rich neighbor and snags it and kills it and serves it at the party. And David jumps up, not realizing what's going on here. He jumps up and says, oh, that, that's terrible. That man should be killed. That man did, did the wrong. And Nathan sticks his finger in his face and says, David, you are that man. You had all these women that you could have chosen from. And you took Uriah's wife. You took the one lamb, per se, that was not yours to take. It's interesting. David has now been exposed, and we have this this whole situation where there's there's there, because she's pregnant. Is the child going to survive? No, it doesn't survive. And we find that 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 David isn't just he's he's in this fasting mode until finally the answer is yes or no on this on this child. But God still used him. God still brought David to a place where he was leading the nation. He was still a mighty man of war. He was still a mighty a mighty king. He was still in the line of Christ, right? And God didn't say, oh, David, you messed up. I can't use you, so you know, I'm going to just tell you, know, take that seed and put it into another, another line there, another person of Judah, whoever, whatever the story would have been. But no, God continues to let David be in this line. It was his heart. His heart was so towards God, but it was also, I honestly believe, because of what happened right here, where David says, ah, you're right. I am that man. Ah, we find there's these Psalms where David says, when I was hiding it, man, it felt like my bones were going to wither away. It, it just the heaviness on me. We find Psalm 51 I've messed up. Take not your Holy Spirit from me. Create in me a, a clean heart, O oh God. Renew a right spirit within me. If I knew that, that, that offerings and all would have, would have sufficed, I would have. But God, you're looking for a broken and contrite heart. I think that those that forgiveness is what really continued... The, the, the prophecies of the line of David all the way to the line of Christ. Now, I can't, I can't say that that, I can't say honestly that that's the answer, but I look at that and I think, you know, 
if we don't forgive, if, 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 if we don't ask God for forgiveness after we make these mistakes, does it kind of hinder maybe a little bit what God is trying to do? It's possible. But that's why forgiveness is so important. We are going to mess up. We are going to break those Ten Commandments. But again, that doesn't disqualify us. God is looking for, as David said, a broken and contrite heart. God, oh man, you put this calling on me and I, and I messed up. I'm so sorry, God. God, please forgive me. I know he does because the Bible says that he takes our sin and he throws it as far as the east is from the west, never to come back. I've thought about that before. What does it mean, the east, as far as the east is from the west? But if you think about it, they never fully touch each other. Right? The, the, no matter where I go to the east, there's always something to the west. And no matter where I go to the west, there's always something to the east. God, <laughs> he forgives our sin. He restores. He restored David. He restored Moses. And now let's take a look at our last guy, Paul. This is the one that you're like, oh my gosh, how is it that Paul could have been used? But he was, right? If you look at the New Testament, it's full of things from Paul. All right, so here's the story. We first find Paul, and he's on the scene at Stephen's murder, at the Stephen's stoning. And the Bible tells us that Paul is there. He's holding the coats. He's giving that approval. The next time we see Saul, though, we see him kind of ransacking the church. He, this guy was, was taking out Christians. He even got papers specifically so that he could go to, to, to Damascus and he could take these Christians out. He was a murderer. Whether he was doing it or approving it or you know, maybe he was just sitting on his horse and watching it, the fact is that he got the permission to do it. He was, he was a murderer of Christians. And yet... We find that God shows up. God knocks Paul off of his donkey. This bright light is blinding him, and he hears the voice, Paul, Saul, his name was Saul at the time, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? But notice, God didn't just kill him. God didn't just... Saul slash Paul, I hate you, can never use you. That's not what God said. God restored him and brought him into the faith that we now know. This man also was a murderer, a murderer of Christians. You know, at least in Moses' case, he, he murdered one of the bad guys, right? And in, in David's case, he murdered a friend. But here's, here's, here's Paul who was a murderer of Christians. You would think, if nothing else, that disqualifies. Oh, Paul, you're killing my people. You're killing my, my believers. I, I, that's it. I can't use you. No, that's not what God said. Can God use Paul? Absolutely. So Paul, again, gets knocked off of his donkey. He begins this process of now becoming a Christian. 
becoming a believer, becoming the exact thing that he was out there killing. Paul moves from the point of being a murderer into the point of being one of the greatest users of God that we see in the New Testament. He went on three missionary journeys spreading God's word. He wrote a good chunk of the old of, of the New Testament. Don't tell me that you that you that you can't be a murderer and God not use you. He can. God can use anyone. But again it came to forgiveness. Paul saying, God, forgive me for all these things. And we don't have all these exact prayers that Paul might have prayed, but we know for a fact that God restored Paul. We know that he came into the faith. We know that God used Paul. And again, today I, I pointed out murderers on purpose because in my, in my opinion, I think that's a pretty strong offense. But if God can use a murderer... How is it that, that we think he can't use me? Can God use me? Absolutely. I want you to hear me. There is nothing that, that, that takes us away from being able to be used by God. Unless maybe it's our heart. We've got, we, we've got to ask him for forgiveness for these things that we do wrong. And this, this is something we've got to do anyway, anytime we sin. God, please forgive me. I've shared with you pieces of my testimony before, and, and the whole fact, again, I, I haven't killed anyone, but, but there, are, there are big sins that I have committed, and they have caused me to think, God, can you really use me? Maybe you're new, you haven't heard my testimony. Here it is. I was addicted to pornography. I was addicted to pornography for years, and obviously, because of that, there's this whole thing of, I really want God to use me, but can he use me? I've messed up so much. I've, I've spent so many of my years addicted to this. I've, I've done this. I've done this. I've done this. Man, if I was to tell you some of the things I've done, you'd be probably looking at me and saying, what? You? What? But I'm here to tell you that even though my past was, was, is blackened with these things, God can still use me. I've been on my knees many times. God, please forgive me. I pray, God, I, just like what David prayed, don't take your calling from me. Don't take your spirit from me, God. God, I'm pouring out my heart. I'm confessing to you. I'm so sorry, God. God, I, I want to do better. God, I, I want to live right. God, help me. Forgive me. I could be in that same mess now. I could be in that same spot now. God has redeemed me. He's restored me. He's brought me back into this relationship with him. I know what's in my past, and God knows what's in my past. But he still looks and says, I can use you. I can use you. I think I messed up pretty, pretty good. 
Again, not to the point of being a murderer, but I've messed up good. Right? I've done, like I said, I've broken some of these, quite a few of these commandments here. And yet, God still can use me. And I tell you, I, I think I'm a pretty bad person in my past there. So I'm going to say, if God can use me, I know he can use you. But that is so true. We look at ourselves and we say, oh, God can never use me. I've messed up so big. But he can. Confess. Surrender your heart. Be usable. Be like Isaiah. Here I am, Lord. Send me. Here I am, Lord. Use me. And I guarantee you that he will hear your prayer. He's already up there saying, Oh, I got a mission for you. I am so glad that we are on the right page here, that we're on the same page. I got something for you. God's plan for you is not hindered by what you've done. Confess your sin and he restores you. And I tell you what, if you are ready, he will use you. Can God use me? Can God really use me? I've done this, this, and this. Oh, you bet. And I'm excited to see how he's going to use you. Hey, this is Pastor Daniel. Thank you for taking the time to listen to the Obedient Sheep podcast. If you'd like to get more information on this ministry or even get in contact with me, please go to obedientsheep.net. There you'll be able to leave your information, drop a line, send a prayer request, or even check out the other resources that are available. Thank you again for checking out this ministry, and we hope you have a blessed day.